0: Welcome to another episode 125 of Pop Apologists. So, this is just me, Lauren, coming on to give a brief intro to the episode. I was listening, so let me just take it back. A few days ago, I was listening to Kate Casey's Patreon episode about Meghan Markle, and it rang so true to me. And I felt like I uncovered so many mysteries about the royal family and Meghan Markle herself that I felt like I had you know, one of two options. I could either regurgitate these ideas as my own, or I could bring Kate on the show and you could hear it from the horse's mouth. So as I I tell her this in the beginning, I figured, who better than the source? So it's just me and Kate. I texted her and I said, can you come on the show? And she texted back 30 seconds later and was like, yes, let's do it this morning. And so we did it 30 minutes later. Chandler couldn't make it because she was glamorously at some New York, you know hotspot. And Kate and I just hopped on and we gabbed for over an hour about Meghan and Harry and the mysteries of the royal family. And it's quite the conversation. So anyway, I'm very, very excited to share it with you. And I also just wanted to say that the Patreon this month is lots happening over there. We are doing a huge deep dive into the cut article on Meghan Markle. I think we're 40% of the way through and we've done two episodes so far. The second one is going to be released sometime this week. So very exciting stuff happening on the Patreon. I think it's some of our best work, if I'm being completely honest. And just another thing, honestly, I just know the Patreon is worth it. And I just know that we're delivering such quality content that I just want to let everyone know that, you know, if you want it, get it. If you don't, leave it. But we are good either way, and we know what is on the Patreon is worth your while and more. So now we're going to cut, or I'm going to cut, to my interview with Kate Casey. And if you want to hear more about this, click on the link in the show notes, support the show, and get the deep dive you know you need in 2022. Bye. Well, 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 you guys, I am so excited because today I was driving the gorgeous, gorgeous streets of Talaga for a coffee at Pete's Coffee, listening to Kate Casey's Patreon, and I thought,
1: okay, this is Truth
0: Serum an audio form. I'm getting a download about the truth of Meghan Markle to my ears, to my brain, and I thought I have two options. I can either regurgitate this as my own ideas or... <laughs> or I could <laughs> invite Kate on the pod to share the truth about Meghan and Harry with, um, I want to call it the masses, but the the tiny people, the tiny audience we have on Pop Apologist. So I hit you up, Kate, and you graciously agreed to come on. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh my god, love it. I feel like I'll once I read something or I watch something really good, that's all I want to talk about for like a couple of days. And then I get annoyed okay, perfect. if I don't have someone to talk to about it. Like I was yesterday, I was in San Diego with a bunch of friends and no one cared. And I was like, right. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Meghan Markle and House of Hammer. That's all I want to talk about. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh well i haven't gone down the house of hammer rabbit hole quite yet i'm excited to do it um but i chandler and i read the cut article recently yeah. about megan markle did you read it mm-hmm. and we were like balled over by it like completely floored by mm-hmm. just the insanity of that article because i feel like the mm-hmm. article does this really impressive thing where the writer both like gives megan markle the glowing expose she wants but also is like salt like she like bestows upon Meghan Markle self-awareness that Meghan Markle does not seem to possess. Mm-hmm. So it's like this hilarious, uh, like mm-hmm. perfect little montage and expose. And so anyway, we are just like doing this crazy deep dive on the Patreon of just that article. That's like probably going to be three parts because there's so <laughs> much in there. I know, right? There's so much happening, Kate. And then How so anyway-
1: telling the woman how she should explain something like telling her how to write the article like you should use this phraseology like yes
0: it is just
1: yeah it oh and the salt and pepper did you like that part
0: everything about it how about the manner manners make the man how how about the trees linked at the bottom and the trees it's Kate it's just insanity it's not like real life
1: for me to read it as like a former PR person I just was like she's the worst client because she cannot let herself be she gets in her own way she's too yeah. controlling she has an unrealistic view of herself and right. because of it she just doesn't come across well in any article I kind of feel like it's hard to, for anybody to really crack her completely open she's always on guard
0: Well and I think that I think that the truth is is that like We're all fighting about is Meghan Markle like this malevolent uh, like witch who essentially like, you know, laid out this this plan and executed on it? Or is she like this sweet, innocent actress who just wanted to serve the English people and then was, you know, cast out of the garden for racism because of racism? Like, what is the truth? And the truth is the center. And that's what I want Mm -hmm. you to talk about.
1: Well, like I say, I think many things can be true at one time. And what yeah. I've come to realize now, this is not just listening to Tom Bauer book, the Tom Bauer book, um, reading Fighting Freedom, interviewing Omid Scobie, knowing people that work um, for True Royalty, knowing for knowing people who live uh, in London and are part of the aristocracy, knowing people who know Meghan Markle in L.A. Like I have, so you like know I have all. a broad perspective of all the people involved in the sidelines. And I think the truth is this. I think it's all the truth. Yeah. I think it's right. all the truth for Megan's part. I think it's all the truth for the, for the royal family's part. Mm-hmm. And so that's why my episode kind of just like breaks it all down. I don't think (laughs) anyone is right in this situation. I think everybody is right and everybody's wrong, if that makes sense. Right. No, 100%. I think also if you hear something more than three, four, five, six, seven times, there's a kernel of truth to it. Right. So I think at times Meghan Markle has been unrealistic and Yes, sometimes I do think she's calculating when it comes to her so un- so-called branding of herself and of them as a couple. I think there's truth to the royal family not liking her, not feeling warm to her. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's racism there. Absolutely, of course, is there racism in the media. Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think that Harry uh, is? Um, uh, revenge, vengeful at times? Yes. Do I think he's uh, naive? Yes. I think all these things can be true. I don't think it's fair to have one absolute. I don't think it's fair to be pro Meghan Markle or be pro royal family mm-hmm. because I think that the fault lies in, in everybody. I think if when we look back at this period of time, mm-hmm. I just think it was just like a calamity of errors, just like so Mm -hmm. many people with their own um, their own problems with the lens through which they look at life in the same place at the
0: same time with their lives intersecting Mm -hmm. well I feel like I feel like right now I think that people are what's hilarious to me is people are so angry right with her for leaving and Mm -hmm. I just feel like really what do you want people do you want just more pictures of nice smiling royal people at hospital openings or do you want a fucking reality show on netflix so stfu pop some popcorn melt some butter it's time to watch a show that they're going to get for us us
1: to say because we're americans so we look at the royal family structure is so stupid because we didn't grow up with it but, you know, my family, a lot of them are are, are English and Irish. And there okay. has been centuries and centuries of tradition. There's a deep pride that comes with mm. the history of the country and the rituals and all of that. And so I do get why they get upset because they okay. do feel in some ways like she's come in and made a mockery of of, of that. In the same way Americans may have felt like, the Trump presidency was like a mockery a mockery of our American political system or uh, different people in business. Like if you have a, a, um, a system in place and you feel like somebody comes in and makes a mockery of it, of course you're going to upset people. So right. I have deep empathy for the people of England who are monarchists, who – Really, you do that. I have empathy for them because I feel like that's the way they grew up, and they love the queen, and they love the traditions, and all of that. I think that I'm an outsider. Like I just mm-hmm. think, listen, um, sometimes things over centuries don't work out the way that you want them to, and you have right. to make adjustments. Yeah, I know. I know that the. Well, I don't know, but what they have said is that the queen takes great um, offense to suggestions that Meghan Markle has modernized the monarchy when she's like, I have been doing that for my entire reign. <laughs> so I just think, you know, it's like somebody has an uh, like a company and it's like working pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got a new CEO come in or COO and they try to change things up and then a bunch of employees leave and you're like, what? So for a lot of people, I could see why that would be upsetting to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of but course. then I also have empathy for Meghan because, and I say this in my episode, I you, you look at Diana. Diana marries him; they get like she's like nineteen. And part of right. the reason he wanted to marry her was because she was this virginal girl with arist, like uh, she fit the mold that they. She c- had she had roots deep in the aristocracy, so mm-hmm. so she was somebody who was very green and could be molded. Mm-hmm. Meghan Markle. Starts dating him when she was like thirty five years old. Yeah, She's right. Thirty six woman who had yes. a career. Yes. She had opinions, and you're asking her to revert back to someone who was like a nineteen year old who has doesn't have their own ideologies. Mm-hmm. Who who is willing to like go along with the party line? Like that was never going to be somebody that they could mold into what they really need, which is. Uh, basically th- that figure
0: has they to They need another Kate with
1: all of their yeah. political opinions their feelings just to go to like nonsense events all the time and I mm-hmm. do think I do think two things are true I think that Meghan Markle was thinking that this was an enormously um this could be enormously helpful to her her uh, persona her brand persona <laughs> yeah which is bananas but we can get into that i think that she thought this is going to help my personal brand so much and i'm going to make it work because i'm an american woman which we can relate to like i'll figure it out i'm going to be strong but that is not incongruent to how things work in the monarchy right. or in england so i have empathy for her because i do think that part of her she was a little naive too like They'll just accept me as a modern woman and part of that is also the fault of the media because when she first is with Harry, she's um, you know there was this huge huge swell of support and then you see them talking all four of them on in a panel and you see Megan's interview and she's so good at public speaking. she oh, yeah. is so um, she's so warm in interviews and, and 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 bright and all of those things. So I do think that people were like, oh, this is going to be great because she's going to be a great supporter of the monarchy and really help get their message out to on platforms. What they didn't expect was, again, she's an American woman with opinions. And mm-hmm. at 35, 36 years old, you're like, uh, no, it's, shit's crazy. I'm going to say something. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's super complicated. I think it's all co- also complicated because she f- met somebody who was very angry. She met somebody very angry with the way that he was raised. I think he has uh, outstanding issues with a lot of royal family members. I really believe that he, and probably rightly so, feels like they had some hand in her mother's death. Right. How do you get past that? Yeah. Right. I also think that he, and this is something that I'm totally speculating on but I feel like I have become very knowledgeable of ADHD because I have a mm-hmm. child with it, and I've d- okay. like done a lot of research in the last year. He seems very ADHD to me. ADHD mm. people cannot handle the structure of things. They mm-hmm. ha- their superpower is how quickly their brains are working. In fact, they say that the best jobs for people with ADHD, trauma surgeons and military Mm-hmm. and that's why i think he did so well in the military and loved it because the chaos yeah. compiled with like people who didn't give a shit that you're the prince right told totally. was like heaven to him like he, i don't have, yeah. i can he, kick it with people and i i just think that that, that uh unstructured and in some ways unstructured environment it's, mm-hmm. because believe it or not the military is probably less structured than the royal family I think that the the family and the media were unkind to him in retrospect, and they treated him like he's a fucking idiot. And I don't think he mm-hmm. is. I think that he had a focus disorder as a child, and he mm-hmm. didn't fit into to an environment where you have to be so contained and constrained. That's yeah. why he loved the military. And that's why sometimes I think he... The the way that he reacts to things just seems to me very ADHD. So I think you have, been like, bitterness and, and the distractions, mm-hmm. uh, disorder and all of this. And then he meets this woman mm-hmm. who I think made him feel more confident than he'd ever felt in his whole life.
0: Well, and I also want to say that I think that the psychic experience of growing up with growing up in an institution that openly yeah. just treats you like the second class person in the family because mm-hmm. you are not you do not matter compared to your brother great that point doesn't matter if you like feast on caviar every morning and live in palaces that will cause you to have like serious mental hang-ups and so i think mm-hmm. he encountered megan and megan for him was this woman who really i think like wasn't equal in certain ways like mm-hmm. yes megan was not from royalty but she has in her own mind she is a queen and she is going to create herself as a queen Mm -hmm. on this planet. That is my belief and I think that they were equals in that way because she has such an intense narrative and you know intense sense of self and I think that she also cast her glow like her ray of light as she looked upon him and he felt that like deep love from a, a being he felt was powerful and that is why he was so intoxicated by her and i do think that like while she is calculated and while she is like cloying and kind of you know out there i do think that she makes him happy and i do think they are right for each other
1: oh i think they live in a parallel universe that's perfect for them
0: totally because
1: i think that i don't think you could ever replace diana you just can't and well and if you do there are there there are elements of both of them that believe themselves to be like her and maybe in like some small ways but truly no one is like her ever will be Mm -hmm, Um, right and so i think the problem that those two have (sighs) are two things okay well one thing i guess it's it's that they believe they both believe that they should get the diana treatment in terms of reverence (laughs) oh my god But without any of the hard work, Mm. because Mm. when you listen to the Tom Bauer book, too, she has had this history. I'm not making this up. The lots of people written where she's this history of where she wanted to get accolades, especially when she was in her acting career. This is a global ambassador, (laughs) a philanthropist and writers. Many of them have gone to research this and they're like, there's just
0: no history of it but in a, and and like, I that's think, a fine and, and, goal that's like a virtue but i will just interrupt really quick like, that is a virtue But, but I a work. that's the thing is it's like if it's a hollow like a, as if it's based on artifice if it's based on like just glory but not actual like and the thing about diana it. is i think diana did have mental problems she, because of where she was, was, was raised
1: going to the minefields she was going to meet she yeah, went she, to, she like hospitals legitimately to be was with in it. aids
0: patients she was touching aids patients at a time yes. which that could have made her sick like she was an angel on this earth She did. She 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 walked the walk. Yes. So
1: I think what gets under people's skin so much is their singular story, but also compounded with this cloud swell of annoyance in the world Mm. right now when we live in a creator economy where people are all smoke and mirrors and they expect reverence for not really doing the work. (laughs) So I think that that's two things there is you have a couple that really wants people to think of them as these global ambassadors of like change. But you're like, let's get down to brass tacks here. Like, what are you actually doing? And I Well, think what that they're that doing is flying on private jets. Off. Okay, f- that's okay. So let's go into that too. So here's an example of Harry's problem. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is due to living in a, in a family where people tell you, like, it's God's will. You were the chosen people. Like, it was in the stars that you should have palaces and jewels and all of these things. right. It, they have an inflated sense of self. It mm-hmm. is the truth. They just mm-hmm. do. Um,
0: and how could I, you not? But yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think that he, um, as much as, you know, uh, time is that he was in the military with like civilians, I still think he believes that like he is above above the rules in some way so mm-hmm. and the evidence of that is he has the balls to go around the world and to chastise people about global climate change <laughs> but he right he's like refuses to it's like there was an article today. It was like, by the way, guys, they're in the UK and they did fly commercial, and it's be- only because they get so much shit for it, right? Like, right. Yeah. You don't fly private, but that that there's like a disconnect there where mm-hmm. he wants to be like Diana,
0: mm-hmm. but he's
1: still like a spoiled royal, still, right? You know, like even like Megan, when when you go back and. It's not just Tom Bauer book, like Tom Bauer's book. It's like a lot of people. And she had an inflated sense of who she was in the world far before the royal family, like her demands. Like there's a great story in the Tom Bauer book about how she got this opportunity to be the face of this clothing brand in in Canada, which I would I would uh, relate to like an Ann Taylor, just like okay. real simple, affordable looks Mm -hmm. and they talked in great detail about how she was so demanding and then when she showed up for for the photo shoot she demeaned people she didn't think that the everything from the way the set looked the the quality of work they the hair and makeup people were doing um the the green juice that wasn't cold enough like just seriously and to the point where the, the the uh person who was directing the shoot the director was like, I will never work with her again. Oh, I have a friend who, who's a stylist in London for many, for decades. And she said before she met Harry, she had, you know, had come to London. She basically had come to London after her whole experience. She goes from Los Angeles where she has some struggles because it's so competitive there. Mm-hmm. And so she gets uh, the job and Canada was excited about it because she could be kind of like a big fish, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also, and uh, by the way, Entertainment industry can make you batshit crazy, too, because she's, like, in her early 30s at that point, and she's already feeling the pressure, like, am I going to keep getting roles? Like,
0: Yeah, totally. That can to make you crazy, too. It's okay, for women.
1: So she goes to Canada. She's, like, kind of a big fish in the pond, and after a while, she's like, okay, I got to move on from here, too. So she wanted to go to London, and she was really trying to meet people who were you know she was social climbing
0: in london she was social
1: climbing for 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 lack of a better term so she had a publicist there she had a manager and she was like who should i meet etc but my friend who was a publicist said i got this e- blistering email about her demands for like her her outfit for an event and no one knew who she was so i think that this like this kind of preceded all of this too like I'm a global ambassador. I'm this, like, dynamic actress on this, cur- like, hugely successful show where I say in my Patreon, part of me is, like, ooh, cringing. But then part of me is, like, admiring that because sometimes I feel like those people actually get ahead quicker. Because mm. I'm somebody I'm like, Ugh. like, everybody has a little bit of imposter syndrome. I don't think mm-hmm. Meghan Markle has that at all.
0: Yeah, right. Which is why she's so triggering to people because I think people get extremely, when someone has total confidence, it's very, very threatening because it exposes Mm -hmm. their own insecurities. That's Um, true. That is true. Um, okay. So she, so she's, so she's social climbing in London. She's trying to, she wants to be the big fish in a small pond or yes, a mm-hmm. big fish in a small pond. So she hops to Canada, then hops to England cause she can't make it in LA. Um, and in England, she's social climbing. And then on your podcast, you said, and this I'm assuming is what Tom Bauer wrote in the mm-hmm. book, um, is that, that her fresh friend in fashion sent her photo to Harry
1: not a friend of fashion. So, uh she was at an event and met uh she met Violet something. I, it's like a wacky double name English name and she her family w- w- were old friends of Harry's. Mm. And basically like she knew that he knew she, she knew that Violet knew Harry. And so she was okay. just like asking questions and Violet was like, "Oh, oh you would be great." So she sent Harry her photo. So the whole thing is like they so they meet up, yeah. And she tells her then manager, who by the way she dumped like a box of rocks as soon as she got up with Harry. She was like, "Thanks, but no thanks." Yeah. And her name was Gina, and she s- sits down with her at a restaurant. She's like, "I have something to tell you." And she said she was like she felt like. At first, she was whispering and then talking kind of loud where she was like, uh, you need to keep this down. She said, I'm going on a blind date with Prince Harry. And the manager was like, do you have any idea what you're getting into? And she's like, oh, um, it's going to be great. And she's like, I just have to warn you, like, the, like you will get ripped apart in this country. Like, they're, the, yeah. they are not kind to any of their partners. Like, it's you will. And she was like, oh, it's going to be great. So then they go on this blind Okay, so date.
0: wait, really quick. You do think there was an element of naivete? And Megan going into this. It wasn't total calculation.
1: Uh, I think. No, what I think happened and they talk about in the book is that when she meets him and then they start to kind of be really into each other. He goes to shortly after they meet and they spend like some time together. He flies to Canada, but he has to stay with Jessica Mulrooney because Megan was still living with her boyfriend. They were like fighting all the time. So I wouldn't say they were like together. But I don't think this dude knew that Prince Harry was in Canada, like, hooking up with Meghan. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: right, And the
1: whole thing is like, oh, her boyfriend was a chef. She made it very clear to her friends, like, he was not the husband of Meghan Markle material. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, no one was, like, good enough. Um, Mm -hmm. So that kind of went on for a while. But but what her friends, and particularly the manager and agent, said to her was like, listen, you really need to... You got to be aware of what this wouldn't entail. But she would put her hand up and say, I don't want to hear it. We're in a love bubble. I don't. She's like a Teresa Judice with mm. Louis Ruelas. Oh, my gosh. Where yeah. Teresa's right. like, you know what? Like, I don't. I'm happy. And you're trying to piss on right. my happiness. And I'm not down with it. Right. So she's sort right. of rewriting history while, while saying, like, I just didn't know for two reasons. One, she would say, I didn't really know anything about Harry or the royal family. And then they're friends in the book who were like uh she was obsessed with princess diana she loved the royal family she knew all the stuff like just be, i would just have said this is why i'm saying she gets her own way she should have mm-hmm. been like like every other american i thought the family was really interesting and i i had some right. working knowledge of the brothers and of course i watched the funeral but there's a difference between reading about someone and then meeting them in person and really developing a friendship and then understanding their life in a totally different way. That's what she should have said. She can't get out of her but, own way because she goes, I just asked, is he a kind man? It's like, it <laughs> crazy. So there's that. She's that,
0: well, that. That's the there's, thing, so the those two things smart. I think she's
1: naive about is that
0: people, people know that she's not telling no, the truth yes. there. And that's what's yeah. infuriating. Like she's not telling the truth. And if she would just tell the truth and like totally. we were talking about it on our patreon like in the cut article she was like instead of being like here are where the trees grow and our reincarnations are two peacocks <laughs> you know singing together like instead of like this like fantasy land that she tried to lead the writer through instead of she was like oh this is where i go when harry's driving me fucking up the walls and Absolutely. i just need to like do some yoga yeah. people would be like okay this is a normal yeah. person but, but she's, she's not but in normal that book,
1: in that book you realize she's always been like that
0: and, right. I, and, and I was reading
1: that and I'm kind of like, I feel like I've definitely known people like that. Not to that degree, right. but like, I mean, think of your of own circle of friends. Like in some small way, you're like, uh, do you live on planet Earth? Like, I feel like I watch plenty of reality shows where someone's own narrative, like... I think Gretchen
0: Rossi is a little bit like that. I think I've been like that in certain times of my life. Like, if you met me when I was a freshman in high school, <laughs> I, I had more confidence, I think, than, like, one of the sultans of, like, ancient Egypt. Like, I just feel like mm-hmm. people have crazy amounts of confidence sometimes and, like, crazy narratives about oh, themselves. I, like, I think part of growth yeah, and growing up yeah, is yeah, getting yeah, yeah, out yeah. of that. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, But also, it's not just the con. It's not the confidence also. It's, it's more like... I am going to present myself in this way, and I hope that they all buy into it.
0: Right, and no one's buying it because That's it doesn't what I think like is ring through. Rossi
1: it that all like a lot of reality housewives, for example, or Bachelor leads. It's like, like a Ben Higgins. He reminds me of like a Meghan Markle. Like Okay, okay. You know, when I'm not caught the, up in the bachelor, so you're gonna have oh, to Well explain, this is please. seasons ago, but Ben Higgins is the archetype for that that Bachelor Nation world is like the perfect bachelor because mm. he shows up and he's just very like, you know, Prince Charming ish the way he looks. But he was presenting himself as like a highly Christian man, high morals. I wanna meet every girl. I wanna understand her. <laughs> And like when when she, when the girls would talk to me he's like, well, my peers have been married since blah 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 and I hold them as the you know, oh my god standard it's just a
0: and, total bullshitter. And
1: it's like I can I could never I could never marry somebody whose peers were divorced because I want them to under like to share the same experiences I've had. Oh it's just gosh. like but I mean, you're like, no one then is that perfect in the world. And I love that since then he's been more open about like mental health issues. And I'm like, yeah, dude, because you were not like, no one's that perfect, that pressure you put on yourself.
0: Right, um, right.
1: But like, that is the kind of reminds you of the Markle is like, even from a young age, she was like, I'm a global ambassador and I'm going to change the world. And I think I, maybe I was like that a little bit. And like, Elementary, middle school. I go. Well, I'm going to run for office, and people are probably like, okay. Um, but like, oh my God. It's, well, when you're when K- you're little, when you're little, p- parents, you know, adults are like, okay, good, great. She's <laughs> a bad version, but an older one because now she's telling
0: people she's going to run for U.S. president. Okay, that is what I wanted to get you. Let's restate: Meghan Markle believes this is she what believes. like a floored yeah. me, floored yeah. me that she one day will run for. President oh, I think of soon. the United States. And soon. soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, is that, as if, like, this dimension we're in could not get weirder, now all of a sudden the idea of, like, Meghan Markle like, you know, and her, like, cloying talk against, like, Donald Trump is just, like, sending me through the roof. It's just, like, hilarious. Like, I want to watch those debates. Like, someone, please make this the reality. And this is why this is one thing I want to just really drive home. It's like, this is why, like, even if this woman is, is all the negative things we think about her plus the positives, which are real, she also is a gift because even if she's destabilizing tradition and making people Mm -hmm. question the value value of the monarchy and making queen elizabeth shaking in her boots like wondering if there's another star that can overtake them just like diana another diana like even all that like this is just so much more fun than like a more like a kate like a poor man's version of kate who's just like goes to hospital openings i'm sorry it just is okay did you see the text message that kagan sent me that i posted on instagram About Clean Simple Eats? He said, SOS, we are out of the chocolate flavor of Clean Simple Eats, which by the way, I really didn't know that we could get it for free. So I've been paying full price and just ordering because I literally am a paying customer of this company. Clean Simple Eats, everyone, is the purveyor of the best protein powder on the planet. Can we just say, we've had some people get converted to the religion of Clean Simple Eats and they have messaged us saying, you were right. It is so delicious. It will make milk taste like chocolate milk. If you get the brownie batter, You know, I love to put the vanilla in a fruit smoothie. You just, you can't go wrong. You can't mess it up either, I would say. It is so good. Someone texted me, they're like, does it have a weird aftertaste? I'm like, no, this is Clean Simple Eats. It tastes like melted ice cream, just mixed in cold water. And it's made from clean, grass-fed, perfect ingredients. Mm Mm-hmm. What yeah. more do you people want? What more do you want? What more do you want? Yeah, I don't know. Clean everyone. Go try the vanilla, try the chocolate. Use our code POPAPOLOGIST for 10% off. We love the sponsor. I'll be drinking Clean Simple Eats on my deathbed. I hope so. Yeah. Well, first, who they're comfortable with, you know, who they don't feel threatened by. This is so
1: great. Talk to me about your knitting. Oh, fantastic. Or, right. It's so so bad that the the media asks Kate, like, the most basic question, like, how's Louie? And she's like, oh, he's wonderful. And then it's like, (laughs) Kate says he's wonderful. And she really (laughs) said nothing. Like, she has been trained to walk through life saying absolutely nothing. So, yeah, I do think. There are some awesome things that have come out of Meghan Markle. Like imagine a world where uh, like or even in their country where you're a child um who has to had to look at a royal family that's all white.
0: Right? And then this, totally. Like,
1: really bright, a charismatic woman comes in and suddenly you're like Wow. Now she represents who I am. I think she did a lot to encourage the young women in that country and other parts of the world to 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 speak up and to fight for things. Now, mm-hmm. do I think that she's the greatest person to, to speak on behalf of certain issues? No, I don't think so. And I don't think she deserves right. some of the reverence she expects. But nonetheless, she was somebody who put certain issues um forward like and i think it was great that it all happened around the george floyd movement because mm-hmm. no that's what i'm saying she it forced a lot yeah. of countries to think about how they look at race and you know right because she's well, this it... dynamic woman not i so i think there's absolutely well, like i said all truths to all these things and i do think that there are and I said this in my Patreon, I'm I, I'm certain that there are racist members of the royal family. A hundred percent. And this is that th- the media has microaggressions. I'm certain of all of that. Of and Of course. But if she's kicking that wall down, that's a great thing.
0: And just like racism is, of course, real, and it's like a social evil we need to confront, like, of, of course, that's the reality. I think that Meghan Markle is an archetype of what's happening right now in our culture, which is that people are just not standing for that, like per- that for, for racism. And there's a huge pushback against tradition and against the systems that have been put into place that have kept that do perpetuate oppression. And Meghan Markle is playing that out on a Royal, like on a Royal stage. So it's and the I same thing. Think
1: it's kind of great to see the way that William, especially flounders. Because sometimes he now has to go to different parts of the world. Like he oh, he does.
0: I don't know. And I don't even follow because it's so he boring. Please, please,
1: please align well, me. Well, he, they just, it's like, a it's so sad because he's going yeah. to parts of the world that where, you know, the monarchy is still, you know, part of their culture. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe he'll go to a, a, to a part of the world, which is like heavily, heavily, um... There are different parts of the world where he—they're not just white people—and mm-hmm. because of Meghan Markle, you—it's like putting a, a lantern over them, and how, yeah, in many ways, they have this extreme inability to relate to people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and right. I think that that's kind of amazing because. Mm-hmm. I think that when someone gets too comfortable in their position, like they were phoning it in for a long time, right? And for I think sure. the royal family, uh, and the and the countries that still, you know, embrace the monarchy, maybe they need to like rethink what the what that means. Um. So, if I, they're going I, I think to survive, that,
0: yes. If they if the monarchy yeah. is going to survive, it has to transform, and it has to, it has to. I think, get much more modern than it currently is in its current iteration. One thing that I, I well, think. By is the interesting- way, we we mm-hmm. could
1: be assholes for saying that because we are Americans. So. Who the fuck? It doesn't matter
0: what we think, right? No, it does matter what we think, because even if we're well, American like, country, who cares? Yeah, but that's a country that we escaped from and created a revolution against. And now we're I guess our friends with. But that's yeah, like but our ancestry to live there. We don't have to live there. We have that's we like we live
1: in America where we live in a democracy as women. Uh, we can do. Well, I mean, they can do it there, too. But like the, the royal family makes no difference in my day to day life.
0: None. Right, I don't right. care. No, it does, who cares? Um Totally, so, but if I was paying for that family out of my own pocket, I that's would be. Saying. They, they livid. should
1: care, but I don't really care. Like, it yeah, make totally. A to it's me. all fun
0: and games for us because we're not yeah, paying like, right for it.
1: Um, and I understand that's why people get point. fired up because of it because they're like, "Wait, what?" Um, also, I think that there is also an element of the universe, you know, working out because I do think that Diana actually did at some point want to move to America. Oh, really? So there is some sweet poetic justice to him moving here. hmm I do think, right. though, it, it seems there is truth to, like, and one could understand this, and if he said it, I think it would be great. And I, maybe he will at some point because he does talk a lot about mental health issues, which is awesome, really great, mm-hmm. is how weird it must be to grow up in the royal family and then to be in America. Like, in Meghan's eyes, she's going to run for U.S. president and he's going to be the, the first gentleman spouse. Gentleman. Yeah, And it's like, how weird would that be to be the Prince of England? <laughs> and then you're like going to like, well, New she... ha- Hampshire to campaign and eat bologna sandwiches in like a cottage with like a guy who works at the post office. <laughs> like,
0: what? I mean, but and, and it I could well, be I amazing, but also, what? It's just wild. And I, I definitely had a thought where I was like, "Oh, she would never win. There's no way she would win." But then there's a part of me that's like, "Well, maybe, Things, maybe, I maybe a know. very cloying, sweet Meghan Markle who just like talks in platitudes is the type of healing voice this nation needs." I don't, you know, that's the thing. I don't <laughs> know.
1: I just don't know at this point in the world if people want platitudes. Well, here's the thing. I just maybe don't... they did eight years ago, but I I just think if yeah you go, they want authenticity. If for you sure. go on a if you go on a debate stage or <laughs> if you do That's an so interview, like, you have to go and meet the press and you have to answer policy questions. <laughs>
0: yeah, but you I know, and, I,
1: and you're going to have congressmen who don't give two shits that right. you are. You know, we're married to someone in the royal family. They're going to go. Oh really? Well, this story you told doesn't match up with that. She will be ripped apart, and she cannot control. From the, the what I understand from all these things is that she's yeah. somebody who likes to have total control over all of aspects of her life. We know people like that too, mm-hmm. and I just don't think that that that's going to work out. I was last night with um, my friend who's a colonel in the Marines, and he like anything you know, gun control or anything that you 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 bring up, and he just explains his position so succinctly and makes you feel like oh okay well yeah now that you put it that way or I would feel you just feel so like you're protected that you're moving forward you're it's hopeful and I said oh god if you could run for office it'd be so great and my friend uh so my friend said here's the problem the people that should run for office like him and like Colin Powell and other people they won't run for office. Yeah, we because have to they're work. not
0: egomaniacs.
1: We have to worry about the person that wants to run for office. 100%. A hundred percent. That's not a mentally healthy person. So Meghan Markle. Like, what is it that yeah. you want to get out of that? Right. And because if you really want someone to respect you as a... Because I think, like, the thing that she is really seems to be very important to her to talk about a lot are, like, uh, women's issues. Mm-hmm. I feel like the platform that she has is so much stronger than if she would run for an all political office. Okay. Because also, why? my friend, my, um, why? Because you're good. Why is you Meghan have Markle's the, the,
0: podcast on Spotify more powerful than Joe Biden? Because she has,
1: she has a Netflix deal because she has control over it and she could be all mm. positivity. If she runs for political office, she's going to be mm. attacked so often. That she's going to be on the defense and she doesn't have control over messaging. She's going to be caught up in wedge issues and fighting with like Lauren Brobar or like whomever it is. Right. Okay. And interesting.
0: She'll be sucked into that toxic negativity. Sucked, she
1: suck, it sucks into a tunnel and like you can't like hope and change and movement and and female empowerment it gets real lost when you are you know right swimming with the pigs. Can we
0: talk about the podcast for a second? Because I personally... So I've listened to the episode with Mariah Carey. Have you listened to any of it yet? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So I personally think that it's actually quite entertaining. At first, I was like, this sounds so boring. I definitely don't need another podcast, like, telling me as a woman that I'm a victim. Like, I'm just kind of over that narrative. I would rather just, like, talk about female power at this point in my Mm -hmm. journey than Mm -hmm. talk about victimhood. But, um... But I do think that it's very interesting to listen to because even so uh, Mariah Carey even like calls out Meghan Markle at one point. And this is the funniest part in the episode where Meghan Markle is trying to say that she doesn't connect to the idea of a diva at all. Like it just doesn't resonate with her. And Mariah Carey's like, oh, come on, Meghan, you give us diva moments. And then she walks it back because, Megan, you can feel there's like the energy shift. And she's like, just in your fashion, you give us fashion moments that are very diva. And it's just I like... I don't it, like that Mariah did that. Just sit in it and go, you're a diva too. I'm a diva
1: too. But it's totally. like... She should have said, you know, Mariah, or, 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 you know, I'm not going to speak for her, but she, she should have said like, listen, I, Mariah, she could say, I am somebody who as a biracial woman made huge, huge strides in, in moving, uh, moving other biracial and other women forward in the music mm-hmm. industry, in entertainment. I have created countless jobs um, for right. other artists. I have uh, revolutionized the way people think about this or that. And if mm-hmm. I'm a diva, it's because I am a powerful force. Right. That is who 100%. I am. percent Yes. That's yes. what you say. And then Megan goes, and I'm a powerful force too. And we are yes. going to do everything in our power to make that walk easier for other women and other biracial women because mm-hmm. we are a force to be reckoned with. But to go, oh, I mean, you're like a diva with fashion. It's like, no, Get, mo- right. keep the point moving. Like, move it right. forward. Right. Yeah. But I
0: think she, I think she felt the resistance. Like Megan was never going to admit to that because I think Megan is very like not self aware, um, and just can't admit to it. Um, I know, obviously. but that's what I love
1: about Mariah Carey because she's a because New she Yorker. admits it. She's a New York woman. She's yeah. gonna go. Yeah, you're you're acting like an asshole. Like she's a mm-hmm. blunt, direct New York woman, and I love her for it. Yeah, and I felt like yeah. she backed off of that, and I'm like, that's not you right but that's just like yeah shifting to accommodate the host that's what I didn't like the host should shift for the guest
0: well that's a great point and I also think that it's an interesting it's interesting to witness even one of the greatest divas art of our time be like basically kowtowed like Meghan Markle just like you know told her like be quiet like you're not gonna go here and she didn't go yeah. there like I that's an interesting moment and I think it shows the discrepancy in power like that Meghan Markle has clearly like ascended to a bigger power than Mariah Carey and very quickly and very, you know, in a very short period of time just a few years ago she was just an an actress working on a TV show barely anyone watched and that is what's fun about this. Mm-hmm. So. Also,
1: something that, like, I don't like it when people are inauthentic. It just bugs me. And, like, her saying, and sometimes Harry does this, too, is, like, we don't read any press. Oh, my We just my do gosh. our thing, and we move forward when everybody else in their orbit has said they read everything. They mm-hmm. get fired up. They're angry about it. I just own it
0: yeah like for, for uh, sure I go
1: yeah I used to read my reviews and then they made me batshit crazy so I've stopped reading them because they do make me nuts but sucks but it's just mentally that's how, how did you I can stop only stop
0: reading your reviews like how did you like because for me I like check them mm-hmm. and now it's a habit I need to break out habits so badly I know this is beside the point but like don't. it's just like you just... I can't I yeah. can't
1: because there are just some things where I'm like it's not worth the head spin
0: hmm I don't right I don't yet. I don't I do Not worth ruining my day.
1: Do I weigh myself every day? No. Why would I do that? Why do I put myself in that head spin? Because with the reviews, you know how hard you work. And then you're going to have somebody that maybe listened to 10 minutes go, I don't like that blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I am going to allow that person who maybe didn't give me the benefit of the doubt or didn't listen to the full episode or doesn't have full context to destroy my week. Well, and how about this? Feel like I'm not good at what I do. Like, ah, that's giving someone too much power.
0: And also, in my favor is when they're like, "I've been listening to this podcast for years," and then they said this one thing I don't like, <laughs> and I want this person to go to hell. I had someone on my
1: Patreon uh, angry about this eating disorder episode I did with my friend Catherine, who, by the yeah. way has an eating disorder. Right. And right. I wanted to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because it, like, triggers her. And she was like, I just wanted to explain, like, what it's like to have an eating disorder just to give people some context. And this woman writes in the concessions, this is below Kate Casey's level of work oh to get this. She said this nobody to talk about it. And I just, like, ripped this woman. I'm like, how would you feel if someone called you a nobody? Like, how right. dare you? Right. And she was like, I guess this means, you know, something like this is below her level of work. I guess I'm just going to have you're going to quit all the other episodes because you're upset that a woman with an eating disorder like
0: what? What? Oh, my gosh. People can turn on you on a dime. Okay, but back to Megan. One of the other interesting thoughts that I things I thought was so interesting was her relationship with her dad and her dad saying that he didn't understand why Megan cared about racism like mind blown. Okay her
1: husband her husband, her father's white, her mother's black. They divorced when she was like four or something. I, 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 yeah. I got the number wrong. But it sounds like they carried on a very nice friendship like
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, sometimes they would have dinner together with Megan and they would talk um, even and spend time together sometimes as friends when Megan wasn't around. Um, Thomas Markle, is somebody who and perhaps maybe it began with him that there is like a disconnect with from reality with him. Mm-hmm. And I do think again, some probably truth to some of his frustrations with her, like her saying, um, I was never financially supported. I've had to do everything on my own. Where he's like, yeah, I like did pay for you to go to Loyola, and I did pay for right. you to go to college, oh, and I did gosh. ensure that you never had to have a job in college so you could focus on studies, and I did pay for that trip to to Brazil, and I did pay for oh, so as my a parent, gosh. I would be talking past piss too. Yeah, However, the disconnect, what it's like, is so surprising, but I guess not, is that he was married to a black woman, and to make such stupid remarks to the to the author about like. I don't understand this whole narrative Megan shares now about racism. Like her race was never an issue. You're a white man, dude. Mm-hmm. What? Right. You're gonna tell your
0: daughter, like, <laughs> what is her reality? Right. Like, what? It's it's just so lacking in empathy and understanding. Like, I feel like, and it just goes to the fact that. You know the. I understood. I have a wedding coming up, and it's three months away now. And I understood, and I listened to what you said about her and her relationship to her dad, and maybe not wanting her father, who she feels very protective over, to be completely ridiculed and Mm -hmm. you know be on the royal stage and have everyone shit talking about. Like maybe she just doesn't want to deal with that. Maybe she just wants to enjoy her wedding Mm -hmm. because her dad, like in reality. Just isn't gonna feel and and up to snuff with the royals, and the royals are definitely gonna not make him feel up to snuff, and it's gonna mm-hmm. be like a hellscape. And she wants to avoid that, but instead of having coming to that with a place of, from a place of empathy, he just completely tries to ruin the experience for her because mm-hmm. he's because he's so triggered by you know her rejection, and it's just mm-hmm. it's so fascinating and sad that whole wedding. I did have empathy for her a little bit about.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, The press writes about every aspect of your life. And then you've got a dad who's like kind of shuffling through life. He's kind of like let himself go with his health. Mm -hmm. He's professionally not in a great place. And he's going to be put in a world stage I think she probably did say to her mom, maybe it's not great if he comes. And I Mm -hmm. think she tried to delicately say that to him. Mm -hmm. And Megan's error is that she wouldn't cop to it. And that's Mm. why it spiraled out of control. And then I think Thomas, this is just my opinion, I think Thomas was just like, oh, we're going down in a blaze of glory. Also because he's got the half siblings in his ear. (laughs) Um, I just think it was just like a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think everybody in the world needs to think about that. You meet a guy, you're going to have this wedding that's going to air in different parts of the world. $30 million. And you've dollars. got, like, a wackadoo relative. Because I, I think about that with a bachelor all the time. I'm like, you're going to do a hometown date and, like, stick people in closets. Like, throw things under the bed, make your house look clean. What do you do with the relative who's, like, a math head? Or, like, right. the, the uncle who's, like, a little too creepy, like if you got a ben higgins lead who's like my family's perfect i only want people who like have a cross on their bookshelf and like you know help out at soup kitchens every saturday like you're (laughs) like i think she was moving the plates around like what do i do to mitigate any disaster and i think that's what happened um but then it's weird too because then you read about the wedding and you're like was her second wedding, which, by the way, you should have the kind of wedding you want. But at the same time, at the cost of the taxpayer in the UK. If I were in, uh, if I were English and I was reading about all the demands that they had for this wedding, even what though, were the demands? It's like you hate being part of the royal family, and you, you know, you don't like like what they're about. But you wanted like. I can't even imagine. I can't even remember what the number was anymore, but it was just like the demands were insanity like certain um, uh, carriages and certain tiaras. And then they wanted uh, a reception with this amount of people. Also, weird was she invited a bunch of celebrities to the reception uh, who, like, she didn't even really know. She didn't know George Clooney and his wife. Oh, really? But. The the people from suits that she worked with, they were invited to the wedding, but not the reception. So the Stop. suits people went and had their own after party at like a hotel bar. They weren't invited to the reception.
0: That's and the thing. she's like that is just the,
1: insane. And the reception, uh, is Beatrice or Eugenie, one of them, is married to Jack Broadback or whatever or broadband or whatever, and he has some tie to like Casamigos and the tequila industry. So with George Clooney and the reception, that they had they had Casamigos at the reception and made a point of, like, putting that into the press. Like, they all drank Casamigos. It was like, uh. Like also, they say that uh, Charles was, like, they left him with this enormous bill to pay. Where he was like, uh. Which is kind of funny, too, because then you're reading about it, too, because they have all this money, but they're kind of cheap. Oh, really? Yeah, like. Yeah, they're kind of cheap. But then they're all it's like all these things. Okay, like they're kind of cheap, but then Harry will complain like, "Well, if I'd stayed in the royal family, I would have only had gotten 1.5 million euros a year." Only.
0: And you Well, you're like, okay, but
1: Kate, you have to uh, put yourself in his. Okay. He also yes, I got money completely... from his mom's from his mom's estate. He also um like Gets access to things that we couldn't even imagine. Like I just have zero empathy for that part. I was like, "Oh fuck off!" You can't and listen. You want out? You want out? You can't be in the. You can't be out of the royal family and then monetizing it. It's, it doesn't I, work that way.
0: No, I understand that for sure. I get that. I just think that one of the things people fail to understand is like the royal family yes they have access to all of these sensual pleasures they are just surrounded by jewels at all times but at the same time they're in a prison because they can't do what they want and when they go to parties all their friends they're they're, okay listen all their friends all their friends everyone they're surrounded with has equal to equal to their money and total freedom so they their friends get to do whatever they want they get to Mm -hmm. go wherever they want no like barely anyone's complaining they live private lives of total freedom and wealth and power well the royal family has to be like these puppets and it's like confined
1: william and kate go to switzerland all the time no one bugs them they can have this over-the-top vacation Everything's kept in secrecy. They, these people can still have a great life. It's not like they're shackled. I don't it's know. What you, I think, it's but... what you make out of it. And I think somebody who's living in yeah, that's Pitt, true. Pittsburgh right now, who's got who's worried about how to pay the electric bill. And they've got a kid with like yeah. autism and a, like an, a parent who has dementia, could, has zero empathy for someone who says, but I would only get 1.5
0: million euros a year for doing jack squat. Yeah, but 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 because because Kate they're in like to there's a phrase to a worm and horseradish the world is horseradish like they are in they are in their own realities and their realities are filled with the same spectrum of emotion as people who are like operating on a lower sphere like that is what I think people fail to realize it's like yes it maybe have more sensual pleasures but like it, they're still just as miserable Diana threw herself downstairs she was born into extreme wealth and aristocracy and Diana was completely suicidal and miserable like Like, that is, I think, what what I'm trying to drive home here.
1: Yeah, but I I wouldn't say that she's the the marker for the rest of the royals. I think, you know, these uh, these Mm, people have extraordinary privileges. I think that Diana was basically groomed for a a fake marriage. And Mm. I think that she was humiliated on a daily basis i think her life experience was far beyond the pale of what these other royals have done you know princess mm. zara do you think that she can't do what she wants do
0: you yeah think princess no.
1: anne's kids can't go out and have a super fun rip it up with their friends and no one gives two shits
0: no i guess i'm talking about like the main players like the but like that's Kate a and William. choice
1: that Kate made a choice to get married to him. Yeah, no,
0: that's for sure. That's that is definitely true. That is definitely true. And William just,
1: has enough power that he can create the life that he wants for himself.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's true. But it's it's a life that he can't it's like okay kings a hundred years ago they could have concubines and everyone knew who their favorite whore was and it was like very accepted that they would just mm-hmm. live these illicit lives and now like men in that family have to conform to judeo-christian values and like have to pretend to be okay, like these do, monogamous do you know that fathers pr- prince charles
1: has somebody who clips his nails for him that's a fact seriously
0: yeah so why well, are we really you- bad for him i mean i get manicures don't you
1: Somebody who comes over and clips his tone, like he can't, he like barely lifts his hand up. Somebody puts the tooth, toothpaste. He has not a- someone who puts the toothpaste no. on a toothbrush. Yes. Why are we having empathy for this douchebag? I
0: guess I just feel like Kate, cause it's, it's, it's fun to put your own toothpaste on your toothbrush. Like it's fun. Like what we do is fun. Like, like he has making a choice money to is
1: to fun. And by the way, William had a choice too. And what did he do? He cut down at a bunch of stock. He said, I don't really really need to have all of these staff members like my dad in my house.
0: That There was a whole thing too. I would love to know about like the discrepancy in staffing. Like like what other sort of like.
1: Charles has a ton of people. Really? William has like a skeletal
0: crew. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Like, but do you know, like, okay, other than like coming over and clipping nails and putting toothpaste on toothbrush, do you have any other visuals for us about like the Kaylee, level he of does service?
1: Nothing. He is somebody who like brings the shoes over to him and like places them in. He's oh, m- that is honestly insane. So I'm saying, like, but then he's cheap about his son's wedding. It's
0: just like, okay. well, okay, but he's also so mentally like not with it that he's willing to let. He's like he's not re- he's not ready to learn from the lessons of the past, and like see that like when um, when King George I think it was the seventh abdicated, like see how fractured the family became and all the suffering mm. that created. He can't learn from those lessons, and realize that this is what Harry needs to do right now. Instead, he's willing to discard his son. Like well, I don't he, care I mean, if you're a person who's like getting your get toes clipped. Ha- if you are so mentally ill, you will discard your son.
1: I don't think he's mentally ill. I just think he's an asshole. Like, what he did to his okay. wife, well, I mean, like, carrying on tomato. an affair,
0: like, I think he's just a
1: jackass. But I also think the problem with people who are extremely wealthy, Um, you know, I just had an episode with uh, my friend who was very close with Dodi al I
0: don't know who what that they, is. Who is that?
1: He was killed in the car accident with Diana. That was her boyfriend. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy she was dating? Yeah. Um, She was like, he had so much money, like, nothing... Nothing wasn't like nothing could get him excited or it's like a lack of a better example. But like Hugh Hefner, like it would not be hard for him to get sexually stimulated without the help of quaaludes or anything, because it was just there for him all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I think that like there's an element to I don't have much empathy for people in the the, the royal family where it's like everything is as ha- they have access to everything at their fingertips. So when you don't have general humanity, I'm like, come on.
0: All right, you guys. A quick announcement: We are running in March a five hundred dollars shopping spree giveaway. Very exciting! And to enter, all you have to do is recommend the podcast on your Instagram stories, tag us, and include a link for your followers to easily tap and listen to your favorite mm-hmm. episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We ask that you only do this if you would actually share the pod, you know, with your friends on your story. You know, this is this is a giveaway um, of authenticity, if you will. <laughs> um we also ask in that same spirit that you don't mention that it's a giveaway. Exactly. Please share the pod, share it on your stories, get the word out, spread the good word of Pop Apologists. Make sure to tag us. We'll see it, we'll respond that you're entered and then we're going to pick one person at random and they'll win $500 to go to town with. So, right. enter this month of March, you guys. Shopping spree giveaway. Yeah. Can we talk about can we talk about Diana and just, I want to just have you, if you don't mind, speak to, to, to round it out, um, the circumstances of her death.
1: So she uh, and Charles got a divorce. Of course, she married him very young. Um, she met him when she was like, or got engaged when she was like 19. She was a school teacher or helping out really at a school, little kids. Anyway, she was just fed this this lie that you know he had fallen deeply in love with her and they were going to be this happy couple and then she soon learned that he had been carrying on an affair with a married woman camilla who ended up marrying after she died um anyway they had a very difficult marriage she suffered from an eating disorder she had depression issues it was really really tough for her um Mm -hmm. probably had postpartum too Um, So she kind of was starting to create her own life post-divorce, and she actually fell deeply in love with a Pakistani doctor. But he didn't like being in the public eye, which, as we know now, we could understand. Like, he was just like a private citizen who she met going to the hospital and and taking tours. So she couldn't be with him, and then she starts dating Dodi Al-Fayed, and I don't think they were very serious. I think it was Mm -hmm. just... And I know that from my friend Hillary, who I interviewed. Like, Okay. But she said that they connected because they both kind of felt like outsiders. Um, Mm -hmm. But it it, it was like companionship. It was sort of like a Jackie O thing, right? It was like Jackie O says, first you marry for love, second for finance, for security, third for companionship. So John Kennedy and then Onassis. And then she never got married to him, but Maurice Templeton. But anyway, I think that Dodie... could whisk her away to places which was great because she um uh, was trying to find her own kind of freedom mm-hmm. and so uh they were in paris and they left the ritz and they were in a car they were not wearing seat belts. the driver Henri, which was dodie's personal um driver apparently had been drinking that night so Mm -hmm. he was driving Trevor Reese Jones is in the passenger seat in the front he was the only person wearing a seatbelt Dodie and Diana were in the back seat they went down this tunnel bystanders have said that they saw a flash of light two flashes of light um there's a car crash people run to the accident because there are all these like like motorcycles and people trying to get their pictures in the car And so uh, later they said it was just like an error uh, or excuse me, people said it was the paparazzi's fault. And Mm -hmm. then they did like testing on Henri's blood and they said, oh, he had, I think he had, well, he had alcohol in his system, but I think maybe even a narcotic maybe. But he apparently was somebody who never drank. So that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. But they weren't wearing seatbelts. So because of that, Dodie died right away. Diana was transported to the hospital in France um, and then soon after died. She had a lot of internal injuries. So she looked beautiful, but like internal injuries. Um, Some speculate that flash of light was purposely done to cause an accident. Really? She apparently if you watch the D- Discovery docuseries, it's called um, the Diana investigation on Discovery Plus. They go through all of these things. They also there's the um, there was her personal solicitor, her per- personal attorney had written notes about a meeting shortly before she died where she had said um, Charles is going to try to have me killed. He's going to do something the brakes in the car. Seriously. She, she said that to her solicitor, and then she also told her personal butler, Paul Burrell, someone's going to try to do something to the, my car. I'm They're going to try to kill me. So you have that, and you have a flash of light. You have a driver that never drank but has alcohol in his system. You could understand why Dodi Al-Fayed's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, thought someone tried to kill them. Also, she is a white, Protestant, royal who had just been in a relationship with a pakistani heart surgeon now dating somebody who has deep ties to the saudi arabian um saudi arabian money and i'm sorry but you would one would think the uh, down low racist royal family may not, may not have been happy with her dating Dodi al fayad
0: okay so but and this is the last question i'll ask of this episode but why like why let's just say that let's just go down this rabbit hole that they that she was you know that they they were a part of it that it was planned why like why why i don't know if they were like,
1: there i don't know if their intent was to kill her and i it was interesting if you want to go down that rabbit hole too I, I did you listen to my patreon with uh hillary and jo- uh, john i didn't
0: no i need to okay
1: okay so after you listen to Hillary's interview on my regular show, mm-hmm. I interviewed her about Dodi al and that Diana Investigations. So I talked about two Diana documentaries. Um, Diana, I think that's what it's called, on HBO. That's just kind of about her life and ends with the, the funeral procession. And it's mm-hmm. haunting the sound of the hoofs and all of that, of this, mm. the forces at the funeral but then the Diana Investigations on Discovery Plus, it's four episodes that goes through all the things oh my that, gosh. that you question about her death. Mm-hmm. And then I interviewed Hillary, who was very close friends with Dodie. You have to listen to this episode because okay. Hillary had a premonition of Dodie's death with Diana. Oh, seriously? Like just shortly before it. And when you hear the story, the hairs on your back will raise. you're just going to go, oh, my God. She called him and she... Uh, should I tell you the story or you want to go listen to it?
0: I just feel like we should we should point people to your podcast. Okay. But if you go I, and listen to it, you're I mean unless go, oh you want God. to tell the story, but do you wait. want to tell it?
1: Well, I mean, you could go back and listen to it, but essentially she I forget the whole sequence um perfectly, but um they were very close friends and she had this dream. She woke up and she's pregnant with her second. You know, when you're pregnant, you're way more attuned to things. Okay. He's a star. So anyway, she has this dream and she wakes up um, and she's like, calls him. And she's like, I had this really panicky dream. And in the dream, I was in this glass house and there were televisions everywhere. And I was watching the TV and t- there was this actor, Tim Matheson. He was in Animal House. Like, he's pretty well known. But in the dream, he says, Oh, I just I uh, got a new movie role. I'm going to be acting with Hillary Shepard. I'm going to play her brother. That's her name, Hillary Shepherd. She's an actress, mm-hmm. and and she said in the dream, all of a sudden, all the TVs got distracted, and then all the, like all of a sudden, it was like a breaking news story: Dodie Al Fayed and Princess Diana had been killed in a car accident. And in the dream, somehow he says like, "Don't worry, Hillary." Um, something about like the house. He's like, "This is my house, but I'm never going to be able to, to enjoy it." So and it, so she calls him. She tells him this dream, and he's like. Oh, I mean, this is crazy, but, like, he's like, Hillary, hey, right, I don't drive a car, I have a driver. Like, you gotta, like, <gasps> this is stupid. This is so, so stupid. He goes, I'm going to be in L.A. Um, and it was, like, a day or two. He's like, I want you to come. Now, she was really close to him and her husband and her daughter, too, like, would spend a lot of time with him. So they go to visit him in his new house. And she goes, just promise me it's not a modern house. Like, and he said, no, no. He bought in Julie Andrews' old house. It was, like, a Tudor-style so okay. she goes to the house, and she's like, oh, thank God. But she's still like, kind of like, oh, God. So he, he goes, oh, I have one more thing to show you. Oh, my God! Come out back. So they walk out back, and the gym that was added onto to this house afterwards, separate from the house, was all glass with TVs in it for the gym. <gasps> and she was, walks in, and she drops her child. She's pregnant. She's, like, holding a towel. Her face goes white, and she drops the child. And her husband's like, what are you doing? She was like. Jodi, this is where we were in the dream. Also, remember Tim Matheson says, I'm going to be playing Hillary Shepherd's the day after she gets a call from her best friend, Daryl Hannah, who's another actress. And she said, oh my God, Hillary, I just booked a job. I'm going to be playing Tim Matheson's sister in a movie. Okay, so uh, just uh, so she was like, "Please, you gotta, you will you just do me a favor and work out in this gym?" Like, because you said in the dream you weren't gonna enjoy it. Like, please, you gotta work out. He's like, "I have people over stopping." He's like, "I'm leaving a couple days or like tomorrow for a trip or something." So he left for the trip, and then a couple days later, he, you know, she died. He died with her. Okay, well, so anyway, I... wait, wait. But the last part is yeah. So I have that interview, but then if you go on to my Patreon, you know, my friend Jonathan Mark Medium. Yes, um,
0: yes, he's yes. This,
1: yeah. He I asked him, Will you do a reading with Hillary and let like let me record it? So you listen yeah. to him giving her a reading. You do listen do- to her. And Dodie comes through in the reading for her. What? Yes. And what he says, what he says to Hillary about that
0: accident. Wait, that's on your Patreon? Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Well, I guess if you want to listen to Doty from the Dead tell the truth about this this car event accident. this car accident um yes head on over to kkc's patreon head on over to kk's podcast kate you're such an immense talent thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the show like truly i'm That's so amazing. glad
1: i got to talk about it talk about this megan Markle stuff out
0: oh you're you, like, you are know what best. i'm still
1: like if we met her will we like her i don't know i feel like part of me thinks I would get annoyed because I'd be like, like, just show me your real, like, let's, like, let's throw back some tequila shots. And then, like, you don't have to be the Ben Higgins from The Bachelor. like, just People that are, are not authentic
0: are always annoying because you don't feel like you can be yourself around them. And so, yeah. no, I don't think we would. <laughs> you know, sure, like, we're at her, sure her house and we're
1: like, I'm cracking jokes or something. And she's like... When Harry and I walk past this tree, we're reminded of the way that we are here to lead. And you would be like, "What?" Totally, hundred like, percent. Archie, dear, please come over here and tell Miss Miss Kate about your wonderful experience reading. And I'd be like, Archie, you. Let's be honest, like Lily, that's annoying, right? Like, I would, they wouldn't like. I think Harry
0: would like me. I don't think she'd like me. Yeah. But I also have
1: like a dry. British East Coast sense of humor. So maybe
0: I don't know. She might be able to play the game it. well enough where she can operate with people of like different styles of humor and like laugh and make make funny jokes. Like even in the kind of I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow has a very sarcastic personality and is very witty, but like even like someone like Gwyneth Paltrow, who like on the surface seems like very very pristine, is like extremely has like a very, I don't know, like crass sense of humor. Yeah, so maybe Megan can can that's be true. chill.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna. I am going to i do know. I'm gonna think about it that way.
0: Hopefully. Well, why don't we're both in Ridge County right now? Why don't we just head on over to Montecito and and see what's up? <laughs> do you think they'd let us in? I think do so. Think that, yeah. They... Do you think that the
1: Montecito neighbors actually like them? Here's um, the thing. It's like this is what same thing that no. fascinates me about like a real houses of Beverly Hills is like they don't like Sutton because Sutton is like a rando who all of a sudden gets invited to all this enter- entertainment industry things that they are, when they're like, I've been working in this industry for much longer. Do you think that there are, because celebrities are narcissists, so do you think the people in Montecito are like, I've been working in this industry for 15 years, I have platinum hits, I have television shows, blah, blah, blah and everyone is making a big fuss about you and you have a number one show on Spotify
0: when you just married this guy? I'm sure they love the clout because who doesn't i mean the real estate goes up if it's next to prince harry and Meghan markle like they love the clout they love the the esteem i think that they probably threaten them because they have a much deeper fame and i also think though that like a lot of those people if you drive through montecito what's interesting about the houses there is like they're not like these like beverly hills mansions or a lot of beverly hills or orange county mansions where it's like a 10 foot driveway and there you just see this huge mcmansion it's like it it's huge hedges you can't you don't know what's beyond, like the mm-hmm. the lush greenery, mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. life of wealth wealth for a lot of people is a life of privacy. And so, I think that that's probably really annoying. It's like they've disturbed their privacy. Oh, I don't think I need that much privacy. Um, that sounds yeah. Like, as sad a woman with a podcast, I think I don't either.
1: <laughs> but like that just sounds sad to me that you'd have all these hedges. You want to be disconnected from the world. I kind of like the idea of like sitting on a porch and having kids run by people walking to get their like their papers or their mail and like waving to people i like feeling like i'm part of the community and around people but Mm, i I like it all i don't i I wouldn't dig it i would not dig that at all
0: Uh, i i i can see the appeal of both experiences for sure i mean swimming alone in just like a pristine five-star pool surrounded by rose gardens like that is a that is a unique human pleasure that i definitely would enjoy that sounds so lowly to me (laughs)
1: but i of course have five kids so or maybe you feel like that because you had so many kids in your family you're like i need to be quiet yeah maybe maybe. actually my oldest i feel like my oldest is like that
0: she's like i just like to be mm." she's like i like to be home i'm like why it's loud here (laughs) i I don't know maybe i'm just embracing peace because i haven't had kids yet but anyway our listeners are are probably uh like i probably need to cut this um thank you so, <laughs> thank i don't I you. To have over an hour because i feel like people get fatigued but thank you so much this has been like thank 10 you. Of 10. i appreciate oh, you thank you wow kisses um i'm gonna stop the recording but thank you so much kate and everyone go listen thank to kate podcast and her patreon bye